Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So I had a great question posed to me earlier this week. One that I wasn't sure I could answer or even speculate about. So I thought I would present it to you two. 42. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, B. Universal guess answer B. Uh, no, no. This is, this, is a, uh, um, this is a story problem. Um, <laughs> about a man named Jed? No. So um, my friend Scott at work brought up the question... After the season that the Boston Bruins have had, if they are to fall out tonight, and those of you in the future when you listen to this on Tuesday might already have this answer, if they were to fall out in the first round, lose tonight in Game 7 with the, against the Florida Panthers, do they fire anybody in the front office? I don't Maybe. think so. Yeah, I. So last season, I think they were looking to run it all back. And then, just based on pure speculation and, and rumors, and I don't know, nobody's cousin or bartender, or yeah, bartender or barber told uh, Darren Drager anything, but it seemed like. Mr. Neely wanted the coach out, and that's why uh, Bruce Cassidy was let go so late, quote-unquote, into the process. I don't, unless Neely is looking to, or is being forced to majorly change things up, I tend to agree with Patrick, but I wouldn't be surprised if the GM is gone. Well, what if, if Don Sweeney is. Should he go? Should Neely go? He should have gone. He, go? <laughs> he should have been gone once we hit all the Mitchell Miller stuff earlier in the year. Oh, oh boy, Pat. You know what? Wow. You just, you brought up the wild card in this whole scenario. Oh boy. I'm wondering if maybe the two things together. Possibly. Yeah. I'm, How much grief did Batman and company put on Jeremy Jacobs? Like one of the few times pressure can be applied the other way. Oh, you know, I hate to say it, and I do apologize. I, I kind of spaced that Mitch Miller stuff was this season. I thought because mm-hmm. you know, time time is a spiral, space is a curve. Right. Yeah, but by the time we hit the All Star break, and honestly, their run towards you know record setting points and win total, it was not top of mind even for me. I just. It was brought up in a conversation that I was following. It was like, oh, yeah. Wow. 
Success makes things easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Well, and to my detriment, so does paying attention to literally everyone else in the league because at that point, Boston was like, oh, okay, well, they're just going to run off in the weeds, so I kind of don't need to worry about them right now. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of A, a little bit of B, a little bit of, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that... um. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so does that get brought back up if they fall out in the first round? I mean, this is Boston we're talking about, so the locals will use any ammunition they want. Even if it's made up? (laughs) Well, it doesn't even have to be made up, Cassie, because... um with the with the questions about Bergeron's future and Krejci's future and you know the the quote unquote lead by example leadership um that that rightfully not for me to judge but largely has been foisted upon them um by how they've carried themselves on and off the ice if Bergeron goes that question may start coming up a little bit more is this going to open the door for the you know these these upper management people to start bringing in these kinds of players who don't, who are going to sully what has been built during this tenure. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time feeling that they'd be so quick to sweep Cam Neely out the door as much as Don Sweeney, because for some inane reason, Bastin still loves Cam Neely like nobody's business, even though he really, you know. Say it. Didn't bring him anything. Um, <laughs> I got, hey, you know what? I'll fully admit it to you. I have a very soft spot for Cam Neely, the hockey player. Dude was dude was just, you know, the, the first sort of version of the modern power forward I think we saw. In this yeah, era. I mean, he was great. He was a great hockey player, but as a front office guy, hmm, Because hmm. I liked him as a player too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think. I mean, he was basically Bergeron before Bergeron showed up. You know, a little nastier, but in the way he played, but you know. Yeah, but I think it was really Ray Bork that set that whole thing in motion. You know, yeah. the the classy guy living in the you know living in the area, um, giving it his all, being the you know being the per- perpetual Norris Trophy candidate. You know, the heyday of the of the seventies and eighties, late seventies and eighties into the nineties, into the two thousand era. <laughs> Bruins. When you play long enough. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? To his, hey, he still played at a pretty high damn standard throughout that tenure, throughout that time. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, ne- I think Neely and Neely and Bork really sort of laid that foundation. It'd be a shame to see it destroyed under their watch. Well, under Neely's watch, at least. That is a. 
Yeah, that's one of those perplexing ones because I could see, you know, it's unfortunate. This is this is the mealiest of mealy mouth answers. I could see them doing nothing and I could see them cleaning house, you know. I don't have a good I guess I don't have a good read. Yeah. So in I think I've mentioned it on the pod, but in other conversations, I've described the Boston Bruins as the Atlanta baseball team of the NHL, where they really great organization that only won one title. And in Major League Baseball, they pretty much had to collapse and rebuild a few things with different people in charge. And they won a title in recent years. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? If, if, if you talked about that era of the Atlanta Braves... I wonder how many people you'd run across that thought they and and told them that they only won one World Series. I wonder how many people would be like, "What? I thought they won at least three or four. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I feel about this Boston team, right? They've been so perpetually talked about and perpetually good, you know, during this entire sort of Bergeron, Chera, Krejci, um, Marchand era. Now, granted, they've made three cup final appearances, right? And they did only win the one, but you'd think they, you, you know, you'd think they were still raising, you know, we were still holding the banner ceremony for their most recent Stanley Cup win. And it was 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, your guys' response is basically my response. I'm like, oh God, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, I don't I, know what they would do. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm actually more perplexed by something else in that, Cassie. Mm. Is your coworker from Boston? He's actually from Connecticut, but he's a lifelong Boston Bruins okay, fan. Yes. Okay, okay, because I was so as by the... as history says, Connecticut never had an NHL team. Oh dear God! Well, I was I they was had so a hockey from... team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on somebody needed to do the rim shot um because i was throw, i was so thrown cassie by the fact his name wasn't sean um oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually i actually do not work with any sean's are you kidding me no what the what what kind of okay toronto wins a playoff round you don't work with any sean's <laughs> the hell is going on on this planet yeah i mean that was my question it's like okay so have we have we healed the timeline are we back to where we should be or have we gone so far off the rails that like we might as well be diving into a black hole i don't know i'm not good at science importance guys there has been a rift created and i am not sure if it is for good or for evil at this point I just I I I am I am so trepidatious about the future. Or trepidious, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Cause holy hell, the Leafs got a puck bounce in a critical game seven in an overtime to win a playoff round. The first round since they won, they won their first round for the first time since 2004 and 19 years who, 
Who was the head coach of that 2004 playoff round winning team? Pat Quinn. Yep. Sheldon Keefe is now the only surviving head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs to have won a round of hockey since 2014. Actually, it goes back further than that. Yeah, because I think their previous success was under Pat Burns, who passed away, obviously, too. So, yeah. <clears throat> Isn't that wild? Toe Blake passed it's... away in, in 2019, and he was he was sort of the last living successful playoff head coach the Toronto Maple Leafs had. <laughs> Maybe some of the tortured fans had a point. You know? Well, I, I, um, I, I came up with, uh, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can talk to a couple of psychologists and maybe, maybe we can get it into the DS, um, uh, clinical definitions for LTPD, Leafs traumatic playoff, um, syndrome <laughs> disorder, um, uh, disorder. It is, it is a, it is a specific form of PTSD rendered appalling only upon those who are a Toronto Maple Leafs fan who every year think, okay, this could be the year we make it out of the first round. Mm-hmm. And, well, no, it's, and it's, it, they've been so traumatized that like the rest of the rest of the fans of the rest of the league are like, Oh, good for them. We feel so bad. You know, I mean, even some, even some Tampa fans who are like, you know, the team's beat up. We need a break. This is actually a good thing that we lost in the first round. So good on you, Toronto. <laughs> it almost feels like it almost feels like that first time your your youngest sibling, you know, has a good game of of, of basketball against you, and you just kind of want to reward them. Even you know, hey, you did really good, good job, buddy. You know, almost that condescending type. You know. That's pretty good, you know. Good patronizing. Run. Yeah, and you just see that felt like last year's handshake alley and post game interviews from the uh, from the Lightning. This year, it's like, all right, you did it. I can't be too upset. Except for Cooper, well, Cooper can be totally upset, but that's another story. <laughs> See, I, I think last year's was the one where your little brother, um, <clears throat> your little brother, like, almost ties you, you know. And you, you were know, sweating you, it. Yeah, you, you, but you, you found actually the had way. To, yeah, you actually had to work a little harder to beat him, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just barely got to 21 before he did. This year, you know, it, it's sort of like, okay. You know, he made, he made a couple of crazy sort of Hail Mary shots. And just, you know, just sort of backed his way into getting 21 before you. And you had to give it up to him because, you know, it's sort of like, good for you, little buddy. You know, that's one out of 100. So you're still one in 100 or still one in 99 against me. Um, so, <laughs> but tell me how long will Kyle or, uh, um, yeah, Kyle Dubas's extension be? Over under is five years. 
No, wait, didn't you say like not so long ago that that if they lose in the second round, he's uh, he's fired? I said, uh, did I? I said uh, maybe they were going to wait till the second round. I don't know. It would not surprise me either way. Okay, again, I am just not going to make any decisions today. <laughs> I am going to be the Switzerland of this podcast. I am going to be completely. So you're, you're going to be shady and and. Uh... <laughs> I will only get involved in international conflicts when they involve banking regulations. Um, other than that, you or you're prepping for a game against the New York Rangers tomorrow. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> give me fuel, give me fire, give me Jonas Siegenthaler. Um, how many statues are going to be built of players that won this round? Because on that small, struggling podcast hosted by those three gentlemen from the Toronto area, they sort of brought up the whole memory of Vancouver beating Chicago and how it's still revered and treated to this day is like, you know, if you were on that team, you're sort of, you know, marked for eternal greatness. Who? I mean, I love Manny Malhotra (laughs) as much as the next person, but he has been on the Leafs bench for a bit, so... Yeah, I know. I'm not going to trust Vancouver fans' judgment here. Now, is the statue of John Tavares just sort of an homage to him in his Toronto Maple Leafs betting? And I think can, so. And can they? No, get... that's too flamboyant. Too flamboyant. Uh, I was I was really concerned on whether they'd get the rights to be able to put the Naboo Starfighter in in the scene, <laughs> which was the real star of that picture. Yeah, because, boy, if every, you ever need to know everything about John Tavares, it was right there that he actually liked episode one, even at that age. Oh, you mean a child liked a kid's movie? Oh, dear Pat. Dear, dear Pat. <laughs> Sorry, was, I had to. I had was, to. That was nowhere near a kid's movie. That was the most long, drawn-out political statement piece Taxation. I mean, the first 40 minutes of it is taxation routes and dialogue and process. And you want to tell me kids were into that. I am. Quite no, they capable. just said this is pod racing. Now this is pod racing. Yeah, I, I think kids from I think kids fell in love with the trailer because that's about as much fun as there was in the entire movie. <laughs> And, and before anyone gets on me, I am quite capable of placing myself as that completely dippy seven-year-old child that walked into a theater to watch Star Wars for their first time. I know it had issues, but it had pace. Episode one did not. For crying out oh, loud. No. I went it was saw, a slog. Oh, yeah. And you want to tell me kids were going to be down with that? Ugh crying out loud half my row fell asleep within the first hour of that movie at midnight because <laughs> it just wasn't going anywhere uh anyway so speaking hey, of things not going anywhere speak, this podcast. Speaking of songs, <laughs> uh, the third period of that game last night oh boy <laughs> Thank you.
Sorry, I couldn't get to it fast enough. <clears throat> okay, um, speaking of slogs, let's talk about <laughs> Timo Meyer. Do we have to? No. Okay. <laughs> I was just wondering. <laughs> somebody take the media pain. Somebody take the media pain away from me before I get out of hand. So I, I had to check it just to see if anything was added. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> I did not. Add we keep anything. interrupting you, Pat. Come on. <laughs> and so, so the first thing I'm going to add is the totally overblown clip of the uh, Leafs radio announcer saying, so what do we do now? Oh, my God. Because we're going <laughs> to fall in love with that for way too long. <laughs> Round two cannot start fast enough. Oh, boy. So Tuesday. Who do we want them to play? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be Baston. It's got it's got to be Boston because either either the LTPD is going to get re-triggered, or they're they're going to slay the biggest of the biggest demons of that franchise in the last what probably twenty years. The dragon slay the dragon, and I don't know. Washington went through Pittsburgh. Which they kind of had to, it, right? To do the story. They kind of had to. And while the cup final was uh, uh, just a complete walkover, was they that? slayed their demon. Yeah, it was every year. Every uh, year. Vegas was lucky to win the one game. Hmm. Yeah, maybe Lucky isn't giving them enough credit. Um, they they were in most of the games, but they were that that high end talent Washington had was on a different yeah. plane. Washington didn't have to go to like another level like certain players do during cup runs. You know, yeah. uh, I would say Braden Point last season getting the Lightning to the final. Maybe Austin Matthews is beginning that journey. We'll see. <coughs> Almost did a spit take, Pat. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. No, so, so here's the thing. They have to actually make a cup final for the gateway to be completely open and us to be completely concerned. Otherwise, the crack is going to close <laughs> when they are eliminated. So hang on here. Tavares is really the linchpin. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Well, he was, he's been maybe. injured, right? In most of the first rounds that they've played in, he's been injured. Most of the key first rounds. Is Tavares Luke Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> okay. Those are two completely, linchpin and Jar Jar the necessary character and the the person that holds everything together and starts everything down the right and wrong paths. Oh God. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Is this Star Wars minute? Is 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 largely <laughs> sorry. Is largely der- no, not derided. Is 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 largely sort of dismissed in the pantheon of of character importance. 
Jar Jar is much more interesting than Tavares. <laughs> I don't know. The man has a kombucha keg in his house. Whatever the hell that means. I still I still love the the NHL network still shows this clip every once in a while where they do these player interviews and um uh they show him, you know, they're what's your favorite thing to do on an off day? And he goes, I like grocery shopping. <laughs> Just like, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is he yeah, hang on here. He might be. See, I was thinking it might be Luke Shed, who played a fantastic game last night. Oh, he did. Here's yeah. this over. I'm going to say overrated prospect when he was drafted because who was he drafted by? Tirana. Miscast on garbage teams. Tirana. He left and came back. He's like the prodigal son that no one knew they needed. So he he, he has finished his hero journey. Does that mean he gets to become the uh, the villain next? Oh wait, did I take that a step too far? <laughs> no, I'm trying. Maybe that maybe Luke Shen was the okay. So Luke, right? Maybe that was his Dark Empire journey, right? Okay. So now we now we've really run off into the weeds. We're in the expanded universe, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Luke Skywalker sort of became something of a Jedi, and then fell into the path searching for the dark side, which was when Luke Shen was wandering in the wilderness, gained success <laughs> in the wilderness by winning, you know, by winning things with teams, and then returned to the light side to help. To help forge the future. God, we need Wyshynski here. <laughs> I was gonna say, so, so where, are you, descri- where, where are you posting your fan fiction at? <laughs> oh, don't worry, it's already been written. Oh, okay, okay. Just wanted to make but sure. But <laughs> you don't want to go looking for it. <laughs> I I don't go looking for fan fiction. Or wait, here, or is he an Ezra? <laughs> I almost said only fans. Um, uh-huh. And I almost said only Star Wars fans. Um, mm-hmm. uh, dear God. So who's that Sir Bridger on this roster, Cassie? You know, you're so off in the weeds that I have no idea what the heck you're talking about <laughs> at this point. <laughs> But I, I'm I, just I, nodding I my head and things. laughing, you know. <laughs> I'm nodding my head, making agreeing noises and laughing at the appropriate time. So I, I make you feel like you're doing something worthwhile. God, you are. You. This is this is going to sound completely wrong, but you are so well trained as a woman. You know, just just nod and laugh at the guys making really bad jokes that you're like, okay, you know, whatever, that's cute. Oh, that sounds no, no, oh, I'm actually I'm laughing with you, not at you. No, which I completely understand because you're capable of doing that because you've been well trained as a woman. <laughs> and is the answer William Nylander if he gets a haircut? Thank you. Good night. <sighs> oh dear God, you had to so- that. Sorry, my kids are of an age. We're watching Rebels. It's, but tell me I'm wrong, Patrick. You're not, and I think it's largely because 
as as we discussed in our group chat, William Nina, William Nylander is sort of somebody looks like they photoshopped Legolas's hair on George Costanza's face. And that's kind of a little bit what Ashford Ridger looks like, except for he's got the high and tight sort of military haircut. So if Willie went out and sort of did that, then yeah, I totally see it. And right now, everybody started out a picture of William Nylander to see if I'm right about Legolas's hair on George Costanza, which I believe was you, Pat, right? <laughs> it was Pat. Yeah. It was Pat who said that, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I said it was Legolas, and you said it was Costanza. <laughs> and I put and the, then you and enough, the two. The voice, act, <laughs> the voice actor who originally played this character definitely has a bit of that William Nylander flow going. So it all makes sense. That's it. <laughs> of course not. We're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. And hockey. Okay. Everything is random. Right. <laughs> That's why I was confused for a minute. It's like, wait, they what? What? <laughs> no, but we got to talk ourselves into this is the way it had to work. No, mm. this is just the way things happened. It's destiny, or something. Or, or <laughs> you take a relatively intelligent general manager who puts a plan in place. Wait, wait, wait. That's a contradictory term. (laughs) I know. And I know Ron Hextall's ears are ringing right now. He doesn't understand why. He said relatively, Cassie. Relatively. He did not stipulate. Yeah, that that was carrying a lot of weight, you know? It's doing a lot of work He didn't stipulate relative to whom or to what. So relative Mm. to the remaining 31 GMs. Okay. That's the implication because if if it was relative to the general, like, masses of humanity, I'd have to question things. Well, make some calls to some doctors. <laughs> and relatively speaking, could we not say the same about Bill Zito down in Florida? Mainly for for the Kachuk trade. You know, he hasn't been there long enough to put a grand plan in place. But that was a big enough change that's clearly paying dividends if you watch game six Hmm. Patrick you're on mute well yeah I know I'm fine with it I was just wondering I had a a coughing fit okay and I don't have a I don't have a cough button on my mic line yet Well, I was just saying because you're having problems with the mute button earlier. That's all. I know. Right. My problems are my own and my doctors and my families and, well, the general population, too, because everyone gets involved in my problems. And that's why I have Twitter. Um, oh, we all have Twitter. <laughs> you know, there's that old stoner question. Uh, that always got thrown around sort of stereotypically, you know, would you rather live in the ascendancy of a civilization or in its decline? And I'm sitting there going, bitch, I got no choice. (laughs) (laughs) Cause every time I log in, every time I sort of open up Twitter, I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) Yep. I'm like, wait, so this isn't, this isn't a writer's room just throwing around ideas for like a, 
a dystopian, the fall of a society into a dystopian society. This is actually real people doing real things. Wait, really, really small groups of people. <laughs> Wait, um, I mean, that's how the idiocracy writers room was. Was it not? Like I would know I wasn't there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> d- um, Pat, to your point, Bill Zito actually doesn't get enough credit for this. Um, and I know some of this is is the sort of media glomming on and and um, generating the hero worship of Matthew Kachuk, but holy crap, you know, mm-hmm. has he not literally demonstrated the mentality of okay, everybody climb on, let's go do this, come on, come on. And then seeing the rest of them kind of finally getting it. And I do believe, you know, just beside my obvious mistake that Spencer Knight was in um, the assistance program, I believe I said, you know, if Bobrovsky ends up in this, it's going to be a whole different story than if he'd started it. And boy, if they win this series with Bobrovsky, they take out the Bruins. They go play the Maple Leafs. How much disdain do you think the Toronto populace is going to generate towards Matthew Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk after the first game? Because you know he's going to do something <laughs> to infuriate somebody. <clears throat> populace, you mean the media, right? Is oh, there anybody no, outside no. of Toronto in the media? No, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be just the media, Cassie. No, the fans are going to go bonkers. Okay, you know he's going to do something. It's going to be something with that little Cheshire cat grin afterwards as he's getting hauled off to the penalty box, taking a Leaf player with him. And he's got that just, you want to smack it off his face grin. That's going to get plastered on the big screens. It's going to get plastered on the front. People are going to be posting pictures of it. Saying, you know, basically he's the new Brad Marchand to them. And they don't have, but they don't have the, the begrudging respect for him yet. But you know, it's going to happen. You just know it. Because... Yeah, like the Toronto Maple Leafs prior to, I don't know, 18 hours ago, um, he too has never won a first-round series. Yeah. Well, going to have to get And usually you earn that begrudging respect with long runs, dedicated eyeballs when your team's not involved in a playoff race, et cetera, et cetera. Unless you're perceived as a dirty player and then nobody likes you forever. They still perceive, and that's why Marshawn is a dirty. Player. I was going to say that's why. Yeah, all but nobody the likes extra... Marshawn still. They might grudgingly well, what respect I was him, say... but they don't like him. Yeah, that's true. Everyone who didn't have a, a a team to root for last night, who wasn't going to be nauseated by not being able to make the first round Maple Leaf jokes, can smile a little easier that Corey Perry was eliminated. I don't know. I'm still stuck on the fact that he was the sane one in in just a complete chaotic situation. Oh, no. 
it gets worse than that. There is a clip. His his kid uh, for one of the playoff games, I believe, was like the uh, lightning junior lightning player of the game comes out, stands next to the team during the the anthems that should not be done at sporting events, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my God, is he and his family so lovely? Like he he's getting ready to play an important game, and he's like telling his kid, "Have fun, I love you." It's just like. Oh, there's just a genuine, nice human being in there until he puts on the helmet that's too tight. Or takes a picture because he's he has probably got the second most just instantaneously punchable face in the NHL. You don't you don't know you don't even have second. Second. Oh, Timo Meyer is far and away first. Timo Timo <laughs> Meyer is like And New Jersey fans are lining up ready to punch. So far in the lead. I mean, he's got that Charlie Sheen just smirk that you just want to pound out of them and Corey Perry I mean if, if, if you know you set the two next to each other and you'd say which one everyone would go oh you know Timo Myers when I want to punch punch first you put Corey Perry next to Brad Marchand eh, you know there'd be still some 50 50 but you go no I want to punch that Perry dude because just look at him he's got that he's got that Eddie Haskell thing going on with the ginger you know, that sort of strawberry blonde ginger hair. Yeah, you know, there's the old adage, you know, that however they are on, on the ice, it's usually the 180 of what they are off the ice with those guys. Oh, that doesn't bode well for many of them, then. <laughs> no, it does not, Cassie. Mm. Which makes it all the more shocking it wasn't a player like Corey Perry who had a puck go off his face and a goal immediately be scored. And it happened twice last week. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good times. Wait a minute. It was... um, Was it Ajo? Yeah, it was yeah. Sebastian Ajo gets hit in the face and Brock Nelson immediately off the face tips it in midair. That's right. And then it was um it was Oilers legend number 18 <clears throat> in your programs, number 1 in your hearts. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Exactly. Former Toronto Maple Leaf. Zach Hyman. Zachary Dackery Hyman. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're... Who had a decent game, but is no Clem Clauston, so... Whoa, hey, let us all stand up for the Clem Clauston. I almost said club, and that's just not going to abbreviate well. Um, nope. Yeah, nope. You you <laughs> chose wisely. Um, faction? No. <laughs> Appreciation Society. Cass. There we go. The Clem Clauston Appreciation Society. That guy has endeared himself so quickly to Edmonton, it's not even funny. And this includes... The stodgy dodgy media. No. Yeah, yeah. I I know it is unpossible to believe, Cassie. But there is, and I'm going to use the term begrudging again, 
there is a begrudging admiration for his, wait for it, style of play. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So how's your fantasy team, Pat? I'm sorry I led you astray with Yamamoto. I really thought he'd be the, you know, the recipient of some... <clears throat> some well, it wasn't just you it was also me i i, was, yeah, well, I did that too I know, well I'm to take one for the funny team you should ask so there are 28 people in this pool i currently stand tied for 16th however i'm the only player or participant currently with 24 active players oh snap a lot of people got bounced huh Lots of people are starting to get now that five teams have been eliminated. Um, because I have Connor, I have Leon, Brian O'Reilly, Mitch Marner, Jason Robertson. Jesus. And then I have a few people that are kind of hurting me, like, um, well, Joe Pawlowski for, you know, reasons beyond his control. Uh, Isperi Kakaniemi, who's just, Your well, he had to play the Islanders. Or anything, was it? <laughs> no, but I, I solely picked based on who's going to the next round. And if Boston goes out, it's 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 kind of I'm catapulted into first and just have to make sure I don't crash the car. Because mm-hmm. I picked zero Boston Bruins while other players, other participants have. Well, and if- I've done okay picking around the the margins. Even if you didn't, you picked Connor and Leon. It's like good night. Well, Is those it, are free spaces. I know, but it, it, those are free spaces. How many points did they put up in seven or in six games? Twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but That's though, a- but then Mitch Marner, Ryan O'Reilly gave me eighteen points. Uh. You know, Kel McCarr, who was like my one, I kind of have to pick. Although I think Av's in seven. Uh, he gave me five despite missing a game. Dar- I'm not going with Kraken. Put in four. Kraken, you're going to win tonight. <laughs> okay, Cassie, why do you think that? Because I want them okay. to. <laughs> little... You, you can you can take the woman out of Washington, but you can't take the Washington out of the woman. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> you can take the regional admiration out of Cassie, but you can't. Dude, I, I I lived there for too long. I grew up there. I was born there. It's yeah, you know. It's like, I mean, I like the apps. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think it would be kind of funny. The Kraken in their first playoff appearance got to the second round. <laughs> and then we could all start making jokes about, see, Toronto, it really isn't that hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, anyone can do it. We took, we only took two years to do it. Why did it take you yeah. guys 15? <laughs> what, what the heck were you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe instead of spending... Spend wisely. <laughs> oh, dear God. There's there's going to be jokes. There's going to have to be jokes still made. You know, the only the only way to completely eradicate that is a, a full-on cup win. And even then, there's still going to be jokes the following season. Mm-hmm. 
is a fluke. Get run, get past the first round this time, and maybe we'll talk. <laughs> well, you know what the funny thing is, is they could go on another what, like fifteen year first round playoff drought, and you'd never hear about it. Oh, Pat, you know it's true. You know it's true. Oh, no, we're going to hear about it the minute they would be uh, bounced next season in the first round. Should they be lucky enough to make it? No, we'll hear about it because we hear about everything in Toronto all the time, nonstop. It never ends. So you could say, how does our show impact the Leafs? Well, (laughs) look who's kind of been on a tear since I dragged him through the mud about his value, contract value, not sort of living up to it. Hmm. So here's the person passing passing our, downloading our uh, episodes and passing them around the league. Oh, it's clearly one of Mitch's family members who tells him everything they read and hear about him everywhere. God, that poor kid. Clearly. Yeah. I I found a video, I want to say like about two weeks ago. I found a video on the internet, Bobby, um, of hockey players sort of playing with their dog stick handling. And one of them, or he was in there a couple times, was Mitch and his dog. And I cannot hate that man in any way, shape, or form. In any way, shape, or form. I I actually even feel bad picking on him because I adore his dog so much. And I adore his love for his dog so much. You know, it's sort of like like Kotkaniemi. I am frustrated by him, but I can't really be because he, he... absolutely freaking loves his dog. <sighs> Damn it. Life is hard for you. Isn't it really it? is. I, I, yeah. you know, I want him to be a cat person. Oh, Cause then my... it becomes so much easier for me to hate him. <laughs> oh, and I'm watching this now. Not only is he ridiculously skilled, but the care he's putting into not hitting I know. his pup. I know, right? It's absolutely adorable. He is having probably more fun than the dog, and the dog is just loving every second of it. I mean, that's probably one of the happiest. Outside of the dog that I saw on the bow of a boat, putting across Lake Washington, who was totally Kate Winslet, Leo you know, Leo DiCaprioing on the bow of the Titanic. This dog was literally sort of in that pose. All four, you know, head out in front of the bow, the ears going in the wind, just that <laughs> smile on its face, like the perpetual head out the window of the car, but full body window. That is probably the ha- second happiest dog I've seen. No, third, because I did see a dog one day with his head out the sunroof of a car, and it was a, it was a... a it was a Dalmatian, and he just, he got up to, the, when they got up to the stoplight, the dog just kept looking around with that really excited look on his face, like, hey, everybody, look what I'm doing. And the car takes off, and it's nose into the wind, just, oh. <laughs> so, so Mitch's dog is the, th- no, now actually it's, the, I'm kidding. 
So you can tell that like <laughs> NHL playoffs have really gripped us and you know demanded our attention. And <laughs> Everything's been said about every one of the games elsewhere. What are we going to do? Hey, you know, um, yeah, okay. Uh, Makar deserved the game. Um, Bunting deserved three. Eberly kind of got away with Hunt. It wasn't malicious. Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't malicious, but because there was some bad timing in there. But he still intended to make a hit in a manner that, regardless of how Cogliano had continued to move, um, he still made a hit in a position that was detrimental to the player that he was hitting. So I don't think two minutes was sufficient. Um, and I just hope and pray to goodness that Cogliano is healed and can come back. Okay. Cause that just sort of gave me Steve yeah. Moore vibes and that kind of frightened me a little mm-hmm. bit. <sighs> that one's a, yeah. t- a tough one. Just watching it. It doesn't look bad. Eberly doesn't make contact with the head, which no, I think in the moment led to only getting the two. The fact that he, Cagliano came back in the game and his earlier prognosis was maybe he could return before we found out it's a fractured C5, I believe. So it's just, ugh. yeah. And it, it didn't look great. No. It stinks for Cogliano. And there's there is not a chance I'm victim blaming in any way, shape, or form. It was it um you know, he was doing what he thought was right, you know, to to possess and move the puck and circumstance and Eberly should not have even attempted a full hit in that scenario in my in my opinion. That's that's one of those, yeah. you know, you're you're forearms length away from the boards. Um, you you hip them. You don't you don't try and check. That's me. Because these guys, because how many times do you see so many of these players turn, just literally within milliseconds of contact being made, and then boom, they're in a really bad position. And the guy, you know, because the rules are right, you, you have to sort of commit to the hit and and glide into it. These guys are loading up to make a hit and can't react fast enough in some cases to, you know, your, your, your position, your body change. So that's me. Yeah, I mean, you can see that occasionally where if the camera angles, right, the, the horror in their eyes is they know exactly what's going to happen, but they're, they can't stop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even even as the hit was mid-flight, Eberly was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and he is a hockey son, and I will still always love him. Um, but yeah, he... I don't know. I think five in a game would have sufficed there. I think missing that... Um, I'm hard pressed to say a game, but I think just for, I don't want to say consistency sake, but 
just for policy's <laughs> sake, there probably should have been a game. And I know they don't want to get in the way because it's a game seven and he's an important player and, you know, the... Yeah, gosh, the not not making a call means that they're not interfering and yet by making not making that call yeah. allows a player that maybe shouldn't be in the game be in the game and that is totally interfering and... Yep. Yeah. And I still, I still go back to one of the most infuriating times I have seen that happen was a Nashville Chicago playoff game where Marion Hosa made an egregiously awful hit. He should have been ejected for, should have been ejected for, and got two minutes and came back to score an important goal. I think it was the game winning goal. He shouldn't even have been in that game. That the hit he made was just awful. It just it it totally baffles me how people, I mean, you know, hockey men, um, don't understand that doing nothing isn't the same as not changing anything, and doing nothing isn't the same as putting things on hold indefinitely. The world keeps going on. Making the decision to do nothing is still a decision. <laughs> You know, it has an impact whether you realize it or not. You can just feel like you disowned the impact because you did nothing, but it's still your decision to do nothing. If you choose, uh, sorry. if you choose not to decide, <laughs> you still have made a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Neil Peart. Thank you. So it was probably a good thing TJ Brody did not factor into the game-winning goal last night for the Leafs. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> and that TJ Luxmore probably is done for the playoffs. <laughs> I think I think it was fate the universe intervening that Michael Bunting was a non-factor. In the entirety of that. Okay. Because <laughs> that was sort of my, okay, we'll see type moment. Because um, all it would have taken was one penalty from him. And the, he's a detriment, he's a detriment, he's a detriment would have started up again. Yeah. And given how, <clears throat> and I quote, um, officials call games five, six, and seven, it sure was fascinating that linesmen weren't constantly grabbing him at every given turn during that game. He was just kind of a, a shadow. He was there, he was around, but he wasn't in the middle. And I'm, it, it kind of makes you wonder if somebody said to him, don't do anything. Don't look at anything. Don't touch anything. Don't talk to anyone. Don't smile. Don't acknowledge. Don't look him in the eye. Mm-hmm. Take your shift and get your ass off the ice. Dream like a toddler? A little bit. <laughs> I, I, well, he is an NHL player after all, Cassie. So, yes, you do have to. When I want to grow up, I want to be a hockey player. I'm sorry, son. You can't do both. Um <laughs> 
I don't know if I did see trepidation in his game. A little bit, yeah. You know, he was the the why I oughtas, the the why I oughta per sixty was very very low from him last night. Why I oughta, um, and it sort of makes you wonder whether it was him self-policing or if somebody did sit him down and maybe it was not just someone but 20 other someones looking at him with the head coach in the room and saying don't do a damn thing (laughs) yeah he he was punished well he he was he probably needed to go in after leaf's performance in game five which rem- they just needed a little more. They didn't. I, I don't. don't e- I don't. I, I. I just. I don't get. They. They needed this or that. He was a non-factor in Game Six. He could have sat. They needed players who weren't going to make the hockey mistakes, not the mental mistakes. So they punished him by not letting him play with Matthews. He had to play with Ryan O'Reilly most of the night. Oh, boo hoo. Which makes me wonder if it was Ryan O'Reilly that sort of scruffed him. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. E, if you're playing on my line, then don't don't stir up any crap. All he has to do is sort of glare at him because Ryan O'Reilly's got a pretty good glare. Mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm so thoroughly pleased he found his love for the game of hockey again and can provide that glare. He says sardonically. I'm just going to wheel this into fruition for next season. A Boston, Toronto. Let's change the playoff rules so they can be in the Eastern Conference final just for the pure chaos it would create on all levels. You don't need to change the rules. You just need to finish appropriately in the standings in the bracket lineup. Gary doesn't want to change the rules. Wild card one for the Leafs and... uh, an Atlantic spot for the the Sabres. Yeah, which is conceivable. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be even more chaos next year in Toronto because somebody's, some people are going to be a year older. Some other people aren't going to be on this team after this season, regardless of their success or indoor failures. Yeah, because they're not the Winnipeg Jets. And Toronto does not have the world's most established pipeline of prospects, regardless of what they all tell you. That's like half the NHL. I know, Cass. No, but... Does... So they have to make the Eastern Conference final for this to be a reality, because this is the only way that this award works. But Kyle Dubas, GM of the year for actually doing the shenanigans he had to do to one, have the cap space and then be able to sign Matthew Knives. Because my goodness, he looked like a good NHL player. Is he the second coming of Daryl Sittler? 
I'm sorry. I'm not Steve Simmons. I do not navigate in that. I know. Even a Mike Zeitzberger wouldn't go to that level. <laughs> but my goodness, has that young man had uh, three weeks in Tampa? <laughs> he played four <laughs> overtime games there. And just the difference a little bit of time makes. Finally, my goodness. He finally got a W in an OT game in, in an Amelie Arena. <laughs> Oh no 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 no, Patrick! He lost the first one, and that one crushed. No, I know he finally he he was on the ice for three game winners in overtime. He was on the ice for all three goals. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> yes, Cassie. <laughs> sometimes, the, sometimes the key to luck, Cassie, is literally just showing up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of life actually. That applies. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Just be in the right I place at the right time, and you're good. <laughs> Rick Bonus would say that to half his players too. Oh, man, alive! We didn't even touch on that. That was beautiful. No. Oh my god, that was glorious! And then for Wheeler to come out with the complete lack of self awareness, utter just Will Ferrell, prototypical, delusional, self-involved movie character, levels of complete oblivion, and just try and dust his coach is like, oh, dear God in heaven. Wow, thank you for proving his point. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Crime. And sure enough, I think it was either... Yesterday afternoon or earlier this morning, Shevel Day off said, Coach is coming back, boys. Oh, man. Yeah, but is the GM coming back? He admitted he he has the GM. Well, I was going to say, is Kevin coming back? Well, at the very least, Kevin has a lot of work to do. Yeah. Who? A lot of work. Who? Who wants a misanthropic $8 million winger who is so far on the backside of his career, the shadow of the hill is cresting over his head? So he's not going anywhere until the trade deadline. If you get the right GM. The beautiful part about all of that, too, is is that, of course, in the NHL, it's the, oh, he'll be different for us mentality. Oh, some... (laughs) Rather than this, he has a history of being this way, so that's what we can expect from him. No, no. It's the, he has a history of being this way, but he's going to be on a new team, so he'll be different for us. You know there are teams out there that love them, a reclamation project. Yeah, and how often oh, does that like, work um, Well, we could ask the team that defeated the Jets. Um, <laughs> Jack Eichel, five games, five points. Yeah, he's... yeah, he reclaimed himself though. I don't think there was. I was going to say. I, I was going to. I was going to say there wasn't much he needed to reclaim because <laughs> that was. Well, oh no, just, there wasn't. But just getting out of like Buffalo. Mostly. That was um, 
that was a marriage, I believe, even at even the Catholics would okay be okay um, accepting a divorce from. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this one's okay on the Pope. You know, he's totally down with it. <laughs> there is nothing that can be saved here between these two sides. And it's a shame it got that far. It really is. Because mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's just a shame. Um, you know what else is a shame, Patrick? Something ended in that game five victory. Technically it didn't, but yes. Technically it didn't, but technically it did. Mm. We saw the end of a playing streak. For one, I hate to say it. I, I try not to say it all episode, but the Vegas Golden Knights scratched one Philip J. No. This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.